This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. All of us here at the PWO Place to Be Nation were saddened to hear of the passing of Adam Check after a valiant fight against cancer. Adam had been a member of our little community for some time, and he will be missed. He leaves behind a loving wife and two young sons, and our love and condolences go out to them and all of his family and friends. During his battle, Adam had said that listening to the podcasts on the feed helped him get through some of those tough times during his fight. So we'd like to ask everyone out there to help lend a hand to his family. A GoFundMe page has been established for future educational expenses for his boys and to fulfill his plans for the boys to see a Packers game at Lambeau Field. Whatever you can donate will be greatly appreciated and will be put towards helping this young family navigate a future without Adam. Just head over to GoFundMe.com and put in Adam's Pack dash helping Adam's family in the search engine and please give what you can. Thank you. Tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship scheduled for one fall or two curfew. From the Portland Sports Arena. Hi, wrestling fans, Bob Caudill and Johnny Weaver. Welcome to Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. The most exciting... 2 and 7, CFAC Calgary. Good afternoon, everyone. We're bringing you Matt Time action from the Victoria Pavilion in Calgary. Hi-dee-ho, and away we go with another edition of the Stampede Wrestling Show. That was Jim Davies. That's because uh, Eddie didn't have a new opening, and I'm running out, so we had to resort to uh, one of his. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Travis. Uh, back here with uh, Kelly Nelson, as always, to talk again about uh, the Stampede Wrestling territory here on Titans of Wrestling. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Good, good. Should we just get through this or what? Yeah, well, this is what we've been building to for yeah, uh, months yeah, now. I that's what we should be saying. Yeah, I mentioned at the end of uh, uh, the last uh, Lucha Afterground how much this uh, uh, you know, usually when you watch uh, something from your childhood and uh, it doesn't really live up to uh, the way you remember it, so something's kind of lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I remember, uh, like, every time I watch the ending of Goonies now, I'm just like, God, how could I possibly like this? <laughs> just the end. I mean, there's still some great stuff, and it just all kind of falls apart. I know some people see that as just blasphemous, but, uh, <laughs> but with this, uh, like, I don't know about you, but, uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I, I've been uh, 
I've been uh, very impressed uh, with, uh, especially with that that uh, feud I was talking about in particular. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I mean it's been 30 years. I've never watched this since the day it aired. Uh, I'm sure. So, you know, it's uh, the the impact of the finish definitely is still was still there. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, all right, so might as well just get to it then. This is uh, Stampede Wrestling, November seventh, nineteen eighty-seven. Uh, right away, we see uh, Ed is—he's uh, much more casual. Yes, in his attire than he was in the nineteen seventies. Well, this was that my first note was yeah that he's in a casual purple shirt. Um, <laughs> the weekend weekend warrior Eddie <laughs> grimace purple. Um, but it's funny, we saw him last, uh, in, in the October shows, he was wearing the nice suit and tie and everything, right, right. but yeah, he's, he's gone totally casual, a little too Start casual, cool. I think. I think so too. Just like grandpa Eddie, like uh, curl up and, you know, every, there's, we still have some wrestling going on here, sir. This is a uh, respectable uh, business. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but and we also, right away we learned that Owen was injured in red deer. Yeah. Uh, you know, this probably would have been a legit injury. I, I think so, because they played it up for multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's still showing up. And even yeah. when he does kind of get, uh, uh, you know, people kind of run in or get to interfere with him, they, they don't right. get physically involved with him. So, uh, yes, yeah, probably is. Uh, and also, this guy was like their biggest draw at the time, so there's no reason to take him off the card. Well, I mean, one way to argue that is that since they do this every week right this was a weekly territory that you wouldn't maybe you know you don't want your champ and your top star on tv every week you know so maybe they maybe just wanted to give him a break you know so he's not there every week um to to the point where he's not special anymore so this may have been just a kayfabe injury too so you never know Uh, yeah that's why i was kind of just wondering yeah i i have no idea yeah. So, uh, so there's five belts to come, and they really build up the uh, tag belts feud. Uh, we see our first two and seven ad bumper. It was the Billionaires, uh, Billionaire Boys Club, part yeah. one, by Judd yeah. Nelson. Yeah, I do remember that. Sure. <laughs> I think I did too. Was it a was it a miniseries or was that a was it a movie? Um, I can't remember a, if it was a miniseries, but yeah, it was it was a big deal at the time. Like I can remember the cover of like People magazine having the story yeah, about yeah. something. Yeah. It happened in New York, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It was a big scandal for a few years there. Yeah, and still uh, the Brad Pack was still. Uh, well, this would have been uh, post Pete Brad Brad uh, Brad Pack, I would think, right? Uh, yeah. It's like the, this is like the less than zero time. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, first match, uh, we got Goldie Rogers versus Phil LaFleur. Really uh, cool to see Phil LaFleur working here. Um, most people know, uh, I would say he's more well-known in wrestling circles than Goldie Rogers would be, of course. Um, yeah. what, what can you tell me about Goldie Rogers? Um, well, I mean, he was a mainstay in Stampede for years, right? And yeah. it went back to before we ever watched Stampede, he was there. Uh, basically a mainstay in Canadian wrestling. He was he mm-hmm. wrestled a lot in Vancouver in the seventies apparently. Um in some in Portland, Toronto. Yeah. Uh he would wrestle in the Maritimes as well. Yeah, mostly a Canadian guy. Um didn't outside of like a 
stint in Portland in the 70s, it didn't look like he worked south of the border much at all. I see. But a very memorable character. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys, like, obviously I was watching this stuff, but I don't really remember Phil LaFleur. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys I don't remember, but Goldie Rogers I definitely remember. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And it's funny that Phil LaFleur uh, would go on to have, uh, you know, some people consider the best tag team match of all time, among other things, right? Right. Um, um, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he was right on the cusp of uh, becoming famous in Japan. He would go over there and become the second Dan Crawford. He, yeah, he takes yeah. that name mm-hmm. when he goes to Japan in nineteen eighty. Weird, weird coincidence. Well, he was. I mean, that it was a tribute to the. Original, oh really? Yeah, he was a fan of the original Dan Crawford, but he. I don't know about taking you know the whole name. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm gonna. Yeah. He could have maybe just took the Crawford part. You don't have to take the, <laughs> the first like name too. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, um, he would. Uh, him and. Um, uh, what's his face? Oh, oh Furnace, Doug Furnace would uh, have a very, uh, very successful run in Japan in the eighties, late eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so right away, Ed's Ed, like, and Ed has has made no secrets about his uh, crush on Bill Lafleur. He says he's good looking, very likable. Yes. Uh, talks about DeSalvo not liking the attention being paid on Bill Lafleur, so they build up that storyline. Uh, good work between the two and tight. It opens up, and then it, not as much. Still, uh, I'll say this, Goldie works a good headlock. You can tell, like, from what you'd say, this guy would probably have to work a headlock a, a lot on some of those nights going up and down uh, wherever, right? Yeah. Oh, I uh, think uh, Rogers has a pretty good rep as yeah as a worker. Yeah, as, like, an entertaining guy with a lot of shtick and comedy and, you know, just, yeah, able to yeah. Uh, have some pretty entertaining matches. So, Rip Rogers... Is that the, the, that's not him, right? They look very similar. Uh, right. Um, no, no. But yeah, there's a lot of those guys, those heels yeah. with blonde hair and, and mm-hmm. um, a mustache or a beard. That was a mm-hmm. very uh, popular look in the eighties. Uh, yeah. Also, and they were always at the sort of the same level, you know, mid card guys. Yeah, really. and I think like Rip Rogers becomes like a mainstay on the Stampede. Uh, roster very like within months. That's why I was like like confused. I was looking at some eighty-eight footage, just trying to find out, just trying to find more uh, Hossy. To be honest with you, I, like I think this might be it for it. This last one, what we're gonna get to at the end here. Oh yeah, yeah, think? yeah. We'll get yeah. to it, but yes, it's, yeah. it is the end. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get back to this. Uh, uh, Fleur presses uh phil Fleur presses uh goldie rogers for a uh you know uh a final knock or just a knee drop or drop on his knee sorry mm-hmm. uh for the win um it was yeah it was quick and uh, yeah the kind of match you'd think to, to get things going mm-hmm. uh the ex- uh leads us to the next interview um which is uh Mukin Singh, jerry morrow uh miss honey uh who had a somebody had a toothpick who had a toothpick a toothpick? Uh, I can't remember who it was. I don't know. Was it? I mean, because now Abdul Wiesel is in the on the. Is this team. the first time he shows up? Well, it, I think it might be in the next one. He. Uh, okay, maybe not this yeah. one. But he's definitely yeah, yeah. He's suddenly mm-hmm. here now. 
Mm-hmm. But, right uh, away. Yeah, uh, yeah Mucken is uh, immediately slamming Montana again. He mm-hmm. brings up uh, Bruce from being born from there, so it makes it a little uh, makes a little more sense. Yeah. I noticed this. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Jerry Mora wears a new tux every time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I guess he does. Yeah. Like, uh, so that's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then uh, Mucken has this this great line at the end. He's like, "Please get all the women and children off the street, not for their safety. I just don't want to see their faces." Twice, <laughs> make sure they hit that line a second time, and and then they leave. And Ed is either cut, like there's silence. Ed doesn't react, but uh, Miss Honey gives him a look on the way up, and Ed is like. Very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, Ed was, he, he was old, but he still, he still liked the ladies. Yeah. Uh, he did have a good line right when they were leaving. Where, oh, that's just a bunch of claptrap. Like it's someone who's using that word unironically is, it's, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Next, we have Jim Davies at Bad Company. Brian Pillman stands up for Bruce Hart, uh, being from Montana, and puts over, tries to get over again, uh, Bad Danorama. Uh, I, I really noticed some uh, weird uh, hand movements from Bruce Hart during this promo. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah, he's just uncomfortable. You can tell he's just doesn't feel, he's just not a natural promo. Yeah, no kidding. But Pillman um, is. Pillman. Uh, but yeah, Pillman's so right away, like, uh, uh, you see, you see, they're building up this match. They're building up this feud. Um, so they're, you know, it's not just. This wasn't just. Uh, I'm learning right away that this is like, you know, this was their intention for this to be the memorable uh, mm. uh, thing of this era. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, so we got the commercial. We see some more uh, places. Olds College, uh, Cut Bank. I'm sure you've been to Olds, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a right up, pretty close to Calgary. Swift Current, uh, other, otherwise known as Speedy Creek. That's a pretty, uh, that's probably like the Red Deer equivalent uh, of um, Saskatchewan, wouldn't you say? Swift Current? Uh, there's a few options in Saskatchewan for that size. Mm-hmm. Of the Moose Jaw, Moose Jaw, yeah. Yeah, Prince Albert's another one. Prince Albert, yeah. Love Prince Albert. Waska Sioux. Saskatchewan is such an underrated uh, province, you guys. We we put over uh, Alberta this whole time. Well, gives a lot to Saskatchewan in terms of just like it's beautiful. It's surprisingly beautiful in a lot of uh, places because it has a reputation of just being like mad flat. Oh, and it is. It is. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. But Waska Sioux, uh, like the Prince Albert National Park, is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Camera, you know. mm-hmm. Um, I see. Uh, I see some other places, but Melfort. Melfort is really close to where. Uh, uh, my father was born. Uh, that, that was kind of my connection to Saskatchewan growing up. So right, and actually, Melford is where I was born. Get out of town! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so I was so shocked. I was so shocked when it came up on the list because I didn't know they they ran shows in Melford. That's crazy. But yeah, that's where I was born. Uh, July nineteen seventy seven. Um, that's wild. Yeah. We probably have some uh, family friends that we didn't realize were that. Well, uh, your dad and my dad would always talk, you know, when oh, yeah. my dad would come to pick me up at your house. <laughs> uh, they would usually get into talking about Saskatchewan for a good half hour at a time. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and you see a couple of those, like High River, uh, Bonneville. I've heard of a lot of these ones. 
Mm-hmm. But like, just there's still more, more, and more, man. They're oh just, yeah, they were going everywhere they could. Oh, uh, they had Stu, Stu seeing what he can. So I guess Bruce or whoever at this point is seeing what they can squeeze out of this uh, lemon. Ah, that's not. That's <laughs> still, it's still, uh, still a lot of tasty juice. Yes. Um. Uh. Next match. Uh. Johnny Smith versus Strangler Steve Salvo. Uh, I remember a stiff lariat from Salvo, ugly DDT, an ugly choke slam, and then a soft clothesline. Uh, it's a slow-moving match with uh, Steve Salvo mostly doing the asshole heel stuff, which is that's it. That's all. Like I can't imagine booking him any other way than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he, he's got to be a heel. Uh, and and even that, I, I ugh, they just they really wore it thin for me. Um. Another weird DDT thing, and then a, a real extended stalled pile, pile driver uh, for the win. Yeah. Um, uh, just going around the ring and getting trying to get the crowd's reaction. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're starting to see Johnny Smith. Um, you know, he's he's looking capable, but but still, uh, you know, younger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, from this uh, and uh, DeSalvo's other matches, just uh, not a fan of his work. Yeah, and I don't think he had a very good reputation. Um, yeah. He seemed to always, you know, come and go, never stayed in one place for very long. He's an interesting um, character as far as that he got into wrestling very late. Like he's in 1987, he's 38 years old. Mm-hmm. So a year younger than us. Wow. Um, and he'd only been wrestling for a couple of years. So he, yeah. he got into wrestling when he was in his mid thirties, mm-hmm. uh, super late. Um, mm-hmm. I guess he was doing a lot of bodybuilding before that. I don't know. That's my guess. Um, so, so. You should try, bro. Yeah. No, he, he, he's, I mean, he's got a great look as far as, yeah, he looks like a total douchebag. Yeah. Um, comes off as a douchebag. He was actually a pretty good promo as far as, you know, it, it, it mm-hmm. seemed very comfortable, you know. He, yeah. It was he was pretty smooth. I guess, I guess. <laughs> I just because uh, later he does a lot. He does get maybe it off. works to go for, but I'm just like uh, soaping off by that that asshole. Oh like, no, I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan of him or anything. Yeah. But and and he made Johnny Smith look a total look like a total loser with yeah. that delayed pile driver uh, thing. I, that's I I don't know. I thought that was kind of just over. Excessive. Yeah, very excessive. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, not much else to say. Nope. This one. Uh, yeah, so that takes us to the next one, which is, uh, or the next segment, which is Ed with, uh, Bad News Allen. It's the first time we see him in this, uh, in the 80s here. Mm-hmm. And he calls him, uh, King Edward right away. And I'm wondering at this point, is Bad News Allen kind of a tweener? I think, uh, he had turned, uh, well, I know he had turned babyface in 1986, mm-hmm. uh, which was his last stint. In mm-hmm. the territory, then he went away, and then he came back. So I think he was kind of slowly easing back into being a heel again. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the impression I got too. Yeah, he still calls him King Edward, and like, uh, it, like it's wild how many times like uh, so he refers to himself as the Ultimate Warrior again and again and again. Like not yeah. uh, he does a couple times in this one, and then like a lot in uh, the promo from the next episode. And that, yeah, that was his nickname going back to the early '80s. But the funny thing is, now in 1987, there is, ac- you know, the actual Ultimate Warrior had debuted in the uh, WWF. I, 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 
tell you we were. So he kind of, and obviously he didn't bring ah. that nickname with him when he came to the WWF. He was just hoping, hoping to get some heat, hoping to get some something. Wait, when did he get called? When did he get uh, called up? To uh, I I think it's uh, about February '88, so it's getting yeah. close. Right around the corner, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, like he's he's awesome. Um, yeah. He calls out Corporal Kirshner. Um, he's he's awesome in this. Uh, I loved him wearing that suit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, looking less street and more, um, you know, more gangsta. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, news uh, mentions all the small towns. He threatens to spray, uh, spray a yellow strike down Corporal Kirshner's back. Uh, Corporal Kirshner shows up shouting again. Uh, but this time he did have this one line that I really remember on the way up. He calls himself the nightmare from North Krakalaki. Bring it up, kid <laughs> So much shouting yeah. from Kirshner. Yeah, he's constantly shouting. I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I figured it out. Like he, he's clearly on cocaine. But this, this, <laughs> the, the second episode, the promo he delivers is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just a, a yeah. joke. <laughs> I think they had some, like, just a little bit of cocaine in the back, and Kirshner snorted, snorted it all. And he yeah. monopolized the, the cocaine because he picked up that habit in New York. and it's, Yeah. Well, no, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> he was coming like he had just had a stint in the WWF before this, right? Or so got a flavor, got a, got a taste for he it. He got a taste for it in the big time and the bright lights, big city, and then he came to Calgary. And, yeah, it was probably hard to come by. Or I don't know, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> supposed to be for the boys. That's supposed to be for the boys. That's Johnny. Johnny's getting really upset. I don't know why we're connecting Johnny. Anyways, uh, next, uh, uh, we got Phil Fleur. Um, with uh, Eddie and his Mr. Laurentian trophy. He says he's sick of tired of hearing about uh, that, that Steve DeSalvo. Uh, he's French-Canadian, right? Yeah, he's uh, from Montreal. LeFleur? Yep. 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 Just, just like uh, uh, yeah, don't want to sound uh, conceited, but I thought I'd show everybody what a real body is. Uh, and he starts posing, and, and he's interrupted by uh, uh, Steve DeSalvo. Slowly makes his way into the ring. He starts uh, just disses him, and Ed puts over. Philip Fleur said, "Ed says, I, uh, don't you think they're a little fat, maybe?'" <laughs> he calls Ed uh, an upside down mushroom. Ed laughs. Yeah. Uh, Ed really good. Um, and so uh, DeSalvo starts posing and shits on Philip Fleur. Philip Fleur jumps in front, and they're kind of going back and forth. And um, eventually, uh, DeSalvo hits him with a trophy. And it takes, like, as this is happening, it's happening right next to Ed. It takes mm-hmm. forever until they're about to, uh, like, uh, continue their brawl onto the outside or continue to beat down. You just hear a, wow! And there's, like, an abrupt cut. Yeah, super <laughs> abrupt. That <laughs> uh, was pretty good. Um, I had a nice little, uh, like, that's uh, your, your old, uh, I love seeing trophies being used, uh, posed down since it's, like, it's all oh, the yeah. 80s. Yeah, 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 totally, 80s, every, like, this, you know, encapsulates the 80s yeah. perfectly right here, posed downs, yeah, trophies, and, yeah, yeah, and, of course, it's smashed over his back, I mean, you knew that was, saw that coming a million miles away. <laughs> yeah, it's like showing a loaded gun in the first act. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Westworld. I, I, I mentioned it to you a while ago. Are you yes. caught up? Oh, no, I haven't started that yet. But oh yeah. my god! I know, uh, I know. I'll get to it. All soon. right. All right. Uh, next match: uh, Corporal Kirshner and Mr. Kido versus the Zodiac and Viet Express. 
Number two, uh, sorry, just short of the 10 minute mark. Guido's in trouble, trouble early. Um, uh, early on, I, at this point, I'm saying I'm excited to see where he is in uh, 1987 because we had just seen him in 79, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Vietcong Express, number two, you had mentioned, is that the, uh, the uh, faux Asian? Uh, I believe. Uh, no, 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 no. That's from the uh, Orient Express in the WWF Ooh. later, um, where that would be Paul Diamond, who was yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, under, I thought that's under a mask. Uh, Viet Cong number two was um, he's Japanese, but not anyone that um, became a famous uh, mm-hmm. name or anything. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, but I saw some some good work with him and Hito, um, and. Um, I was thinking about this, how Jerry Morrow and Hito have kind of gone on opposite paths. I don't know if it's opposite, but it's like just really uh-huh. different paths from, uh, right. hey. no, that's um, a good, um, good point. Cause, um, Hito goes from heel to face and Morrow goes from face to heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hito, uh, was pretty popular as a baby face. Like he stuck around for, uh, mm-hmm. several years after the turn. But at this point, he's, he seems more of a uh, you know mid card guy, whereas Morrow's yeah. one of your top three heels there, right? Yeah, the heel turn for Morrow revitalized his career, right? Mm-hmm. It gave him a second uh, chance, and, and he actually pro- maybe I guess you could say he was more successful as a heel, you know, mm-hmm. years and years years after starting as a babyface. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting career. He's surprisingly athletic. Uh, I mean, as we'll get to. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a lot of whatever we'll talk about it. Hito, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, uh, it was great. Uh, I wrote a lot of stuff down there. It, it really uh, picked up. Um, mm-hmm. Sunset flips. Hito gets uh, suplex. Crowd is dying for the hot tag. Uh, Viet Cong two stops and misses the elbow drop. Uh, we hear a malfunction at the junction and finally the hot tag. Uh, Corporal Kirshner is an okay house of fire. Uh, what is it that doesn't work with him? In- For uh, me, he's just not yeah. sympathetic as a baby yeah. face. Like I, yeah. I don't like him at all. I don't, uh, you know, I just, he's too aggressive. He's too, you know, he's always shouting like we've already talked about. It's just, mm-hmm. there's nothing appealing to, about him as a baby face at all. He's, yeah. He's, but at this point, like it was over. Uh, the crowd was loving it. Yeah. No, he was over. He had, he'd had, like, you know, he'd had the rub from the WWF, which mm-hmm. was important even in, sure. you know, in the first couple of years that had been shown in Calgary. It was, of course he was, he was a bigger star than anybody in stampede just because he was a mid card guy in the WWF. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's a, I'm pleased it's happening. Uh, Everywhere right now, some uh, mid carters can can do a lot on the uh, the Indies. Okay, <laughs> Monsieur Monsieur Rhodes. <laughs> uh, 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 so yeah. Anyways, uh, like I said, some good action here. Viet Cong two in, is, is he's tossed into Zodiac after some interference. It's a kamikaze move. Uh, he pulls up to challenge Zodiac and he goes back to, to drop the elbow for the win. Um, yeah, no, uh, like I said, Hito still is still looking, uh, very mm-hmm. capable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and like it, like it, it didn't seem like he was working, uh, you know, a, a style that was going to, 
you know, take years off his career or anything like that. But uh, he's still, uh, I don't, I mean, I, I can't, like, we, it's been a while since we watched the 79 footage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, to me, it, I'm not noticing much of a difference. Uh, I think well, he's 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 slimmed down a bit, and mm-hmm. maybe not doing not going as hard as he was in 1979. But that's you know that to be expected. I'm not sure how old he was at this <laughs> point, but yeah, he was at the tail end of his career. But a very respected worker and someone that was known as a, a very good trainer, and of course he helped train Bret Hart amongst other people so yeah he was a valuable member still of the territory yeah uh so from there we go to uh davies and corporal kirshner uh, again he's using that running their mouth he uses that a lot like way too much and i have it written down here as well like you said just not likable yeah. he calls out everybody he's definitely confident um he brings up uh, oh no it's uh davies brings up body bags again like uh, <laughs> yeah. really helping to try to get that over yeah. uh then it's davies with owen uh owen uh, limps into the ring uh sounds like this match was nutters in uh red deer mm-hmm. and, uh, he's like i uh i uh, pushed my luck a little too far he's like re- be ready to go next week in montana he said he had tendon damage in his hand um and just, a knee injury too and a knee injury uh, which is that, like not, and, but that, that one he kind of brushes off. I had some tendon damage, and I'm not so concerned about that. It's more than me. <laughs> it's just tendon damage, man. You don't fuck with that. <laughs> um, uh, so, anyways, yeah, like he's still beloved, and they're still showing him. Yeah, uh, it, he's, he's still the golden boy. Yeah, he was um, he was the face of the territory, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next match: uh, Jason the Terrible versus Hero Hasi. Uh, Hasi's form. In something as simple as a, a, a stalled suplex is mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't believe we haven't mentioned his tube socks yet. Did we mention? <laughs> no, we didn't. Because <laughs> I don't think this is something that, uh, from what I've uh, been watching of his, uh, um, I don't see it uh, anywhere else. <laughs> huh? So just a Calgary look. <laughs> I, I guess. Just, um, maybe you can't get tube socks in Japan. They're just a. <laughs> Um, thing. um, and, and so it's a terrible, uh, Jason's hitting strikes and Larry. It's an okay ones. Um, Zodiac's at ringside getting involved. Uh, Jurgen Herman's whistle throughout this, uh, really uh, d- d- makes things feel a little Bush league. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's right. I, uh, yeah, I, I can, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's I don't know. It's a, well, he was uh, they were trying to go with another sort of heel referee sort of thing. So uh-huh. he's annoying with the with the whistle, and that's I guess, yeah. Yeah, I guess, but for some reason, to me, it just came off as like uh, like he's not like we've got a full on cartoon. Like why why I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 they always tried heel refs, and I guess mm-hmm. was, I guess in this case it. To, in in my opinion, anyways, it was like too far because it's like eh, this guy. You need the guy to at least be look competent and this right. Is, no, it's true. He oh. came off as a total bumbling yeah. idiot, even by yeah. referee standards. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. brainless. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, we got a uh, Hase with a a killer reversal out of a, a hanging backbreaker off the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Um. Terrible. Uh, Jason's bear hug uh, could have been scarier. That's a, like that's the thing that he's really should be like selling, you know, his bear hug. Right. 
that's the thing that would keep me up at night at that age watching this. Uh, <laughs> awesome belly to belly from Hiro Hasi. I just keep, I just kept waiting for more of his offense. Um, power slam for Jason the Terrible. Uh, Hossie kicks out at two. Uh, same after the second one. Hossie kicks out again after a power bomb. Uh, it's forearm off the rope and a, a judo kick, they call it. A judo kick. I don't know if that's proper. Usually, I think that Davies calls something a karate kick later too. Hashi <laughs> splash off the top. Uh, Hashi hits a splash off the top into a sharpshooter. Which, this is like, uh, you know, it's funny to think, like, you know, five years from now, this move in this in this city would would cause right. like, yeah, just yeah, yeah. absolute bedlam. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was so, a yeah. Japanese-originated uh, yeah. move, right? Like Ricky yeah. Choshu. Ricky Choshu, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Zodiac throws salt into the eyes uh, for the DQ right off the thing. Yeah. Uh, right off of that as soon as he has that sharpshooter on but this mm-hmm. was awesome i really really like this match mm-hmm. um me too hasi's great 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 yeah and, and he's a, a great baby face and this is the perfect spot for him against the ultimate monster that nobody has been able to defeat yeah. yet um so yeah this yeah uh, yeah and he looks so good here it's it's no no surprise that he's gonna go on to such great heights in, in yeah. Japan after this because he's, you know, at this point, he's he's probably the best wrestler on the, in the territory, I guess you would have to yeah, say. Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, meanwhile, him and Owen Hart would be the yeah. two right there. Yeah, those are the two that I would uh, yeah, definitely put up there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it cuts to him just like sitting on a chair in the center of the room <laughs> yeah. with, with Davies. He's like, you see my match? He's like, he's fired up. He's like, yeah, a, yeah. It's still tough to understand, but eventually he says, he's like, I'm not satisfied with the result. He wants one more bout with Jason, uh, which is great, which is, and we learned that, uh, it's, you, careful what you wish for, Mr. Hossie, <laughs> because, uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll learn later. Uh, so then from, got to there from Grandpa Ed on the weekend, I have him written down here, is back in the ring, introducing mm-hmm. Zodiac and Jason's, uh, Segment, a new 80s effect to start this one. It's kind of <laughs> pixelated and slanted. At least they would fuck with it every time, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I mostly just remember the, the one we saw from the early... Or from like the, the tracers. Yeah. yeah, in outer space or whatever. Okay. That's the one that I remember the most. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, Zodiac is right out again. He's like, we're going to destroy our allies one by one. Mr. Hito, you old decaying worthless mummy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the really good line where he said uh, they had a uh, lady luck bound and gagged. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, okay. But here, here's a, he starts to get a little uh, uh, racist uh, and says, "Hero Hasi, your brain is turning to rice." Yes. And calls, my little grasshopper, you're a fool, my little yellow friend. <laughs> he went all the way with it, pretty much, without dropping like a. a like an overt slur. Yeah. Well, um, no one would bat an eye in, in 1987 Calgary for any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Um, uh, they mentioned uh, Friday the 13th is coming out. And he shouts at Jason. And he starts. Uh, this is the first time I remember hearing this uh, in, in any of his promos. And he starts saying, praise Luke. Yes. Uh, any idea. Was it was it supposed to be. uh Another appearance from was somebody else supposed to be joining? 
I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, I. And maybe he's just trying, trying. You just picked a book from the Bible or something. That's. That's, I think that's yeah, I, I also thought that, but I, he makes it later when he talks about Luke, he makes it seem like it's a person that's, you know, a, as real as they are. And hmm. but I don't think anyone um, named Luke uh, uh, ever appeared in Stampede. I don't think so either. Yeah, because I, I, like uh, it's he's not uh, his unmasking is, is within the next couple months. I yeah, think. I'm thinking that they had. Um, like a bigger story to tell originally that yeah. maybe involved a, a Luke character. Cause mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of uh, abrupt came to an abrupt end. Where, that was my guess too. Yeah. Cause when they did the, the turn and when um, Jason turned babyface, they quickly got rid of the Zodiac, like, like immediately, I think with a loser leaves town mask yeah. versus mask thing where he was unmasked <laughs> and he was gone. So I think the whole angle. Yeah. For what, yeah, famous Zero fanfare from Edwards, from it's, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. So, and and when that happened with Ed just no selling it, that mm-hmm. also speaks that mm. you know whatever um, Barry Orton um, was um, on his way out of the territory, and sure. it 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 got cut short for whatever reason. I don't know why, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It, seemed, it seemed like it was a hot act, man. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so we're here. I'm I'm so excited again to go to break. I really do associate uh, for some reason that song with uh, Calgary and uh, and uh, and Stampede Wrestling. Uh, I'm so excited. It's so mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 bumper of the Jets versus the Flames. Um, and we go to uh, next match for the vacant title: Jerry Morrow versus and Muck and Singh versus Bruce uh, Hart and Brian Pillman. So here, like, uh, already we've been, this is, uh, you know, a month it, uh, plus in the making to get to this point. Yeah. Uh, uh, starts with Pillman working snug with Jerry Morrow. Uh, and Davies reminds us why the titles are vacant. Uh, it's a hot feud. Um, and then right away we cut to the 58-minute mark. I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I've been pretty apologetic about the cutting. <laughs> so far but this was really almost like because they start the match yeah it's basically like they show the very first minute of the match and then next thing you know it's 58 minutes in and it's almost over um i i i don't know it's just i know you know we i talked about how you know it it's not like they cared about trying to please you know Mm -hmm. hardcore footage collectors 30 years later mm-hmm. and, and, and their business model wasn't, you know, it was all about selling tickets to the show. So this would make sense. It's like, well, if you're going to watch it on TV, you're only going to get four minutes of a Broadway. Um, but if you come to the Victoria Pavilion, you'll get the full 60 minutes, of course. So it's understandable, but just the fact that, you know, you know that this went 60 minutes, you just, you're like, yeah. Oh, Oh, I wish, you know, they had the whole thing because it, it could have been an amazing match. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, they, like, they were still going uh, pretty good. Um, they looked gassed, but uh, mm-hmm. Muckin is still moving around. I was impressed with him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I really wanted to uh, mention that, you know, John Davies really reminds me of this for our Canadian listeners is uh, uh, Thomas Mulcair. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leader of the NDP party here in uh, Canada. He's yeah. a dweeb, too. There are a couple of dweebazoids. Uh, <laughs> uh, the boys, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, uh, just for the fact that this was 60 seconds left, they're building up this thing. Bruce hits his flying forearm, and Jerry Morrow pulls him off. Um, Bruce Hart gets a sleeper on on uh, an awesomely timed jumped off the off the top from um, after and this is all happening at once mm-hmm. um, and they couldn't get the uh, the pin in time it's just a, it's just a Broadway like it goes to a, a time limit draw and you only get the last two minutes I mean the idea of it is fucking awesome right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like what uh, how bad did we need that Goldie Rogers match? You know how bad. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. But that's uh, the thing. The, that's you know their whole thought process was that <laughs> we'll give you this stuff on TV, but you have to pay to see the really good stuff. And yeah, you know that's yeah. and it, it also speaks for how they were able to keep um, stringing out this feud week after week. I mean. Yeah. Uh, when you're booking a weekly territory, that's tough. Uh, when you're in the same towns every week, yeah. to to draw th- stuff out and and not make it overkill, right? Mm-hmm. So they, this is a satisfying way to continue it for one more week because you gave the fans a 60 minute match, yeah, which would have been very entertaining for them, but you didn't have a decisive finish, so you have mm-hmm. to do it again mm-hmm. next week, and you're gonna pay to see it again so it's, yeah. it's brilliant booking i think so yeah it really is i'd like maybe this was maybe this was fucking uh race hennig here man yeah or, yeah. or probably bachwin call hennig right uh, yeah who knows <laughs> but, uh, what you yeah who knows, who knows? but but like from what we saw that like i said in that last two minutes i was very surprised with how much gas was left in the tank from uh, the four guys we were watching right um, and a 60-minute Broadway tag team match, that's unheard of. Like, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. I, usually, hey. all the Broadways are singles matches, um, mm-hmm. the known ones, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's Wild. another thing. That's crazy. Um, uh, so it cuts to uh, cuts to Muck and Sing and Jerry Moore in the crowd with Davies. And Muckin's uh, going off saying, the people know we're still the champions. Uh, it says, uh, like, and he says, Bruce Hart, I'll give you credit. Uh, there's a, uh, he's basically cutting a face promo. This guy's been the most disgusting guy ever. Right. Uh, you get a, a sense of, like, uh, real respect here mm-hmm. between these guys who just did this. And he has a great fire. Um, I, I, it didn't, like, I, I doubt I felt it at the time. But mm-hmm. watching it uh, now, kind of thing, I'm just like, wow, man, Mike fucking Shaw, Mike fucking man. Shaw, man, yeah, yeah. one of the boys, one of the boys. Yeah, he was um, he was really good. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting how yeah. they developed this rival, like it's become like a rivalry between like two um, sports teams, basically, right? Where they they can't get the 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 tag team title situation uh fixed it's it's been over a month and it's still vacant and then just had a 60 minute match and so yeah it's got Mm -hmm. this additional layer now that they're they respect each other Mm -hmm. um because they've been doing this for so long so that's kind of cool and i do have the note here that abdul weasel was in this promo so i guess he was uh on this show and for okay. um, for people who don't know Stampede history, Abdul Wiesel becomes like the 
main manager, heel manager in um, Stampede going forward. Yeah, yeah. Right, right to the bitter end, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think. Right. Yeah, and I think that he replaced, I guess, uh, Judah Rosenblum, who's nowhere to be seen. Um, That's right. You <laughs> remember right. from last time? I think time? that may have been uh, that may have been the last time we saw him. Yeah. He's gone, and, and Weasel, yeah, Weasel would be there as the Karachi Vice uh, mouthpiece for the, yeah, the next two years, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so we have one last promo with uh, our interview with Ed with Bad Company, and again, Bruce Hart puts over Karachi Vice. I have to admit, they're a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he proposed uh, no time limits. Um, uh, Philman says, they used a little skullduggery. Um but Ed ends up uh, and the uh, ends this ep- abruptly, mm-hmm. and it's uh, like I said, it's a super hot feud that uh, you know, in terms of uh, like it would be so great to see that uh, mm-hmm. even just like like what do you think? Like maybe there's another ten minutes on either side. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure they cut at some point, but like that's the most that could exist beyond this i think you know what i mean yeah i was thinking about this earlier today like how much did they actually tape everything and then just edit it down or did they turn the cameras no, off i think they had a general idea that they were going to turn the cameras off for yeah a period of, of the of the of the broadway but um i, I yeah like i said it's a it's a damn shame it's a damn shame it is i mean it's Again, I try to be the apologist and say, well, you know, you would, you know, in the '80s, what, why would they have filmed it if they weren't going to mm-hmm. use it for TV? I mean, I guess no one thought about doing any videotapes at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just, you know, they just didn't. And other territories, the, the same thing happened. They didn't film their house show matches. You know, a lot of them, some of them only filmed the uh, finishes like with stampede so stampede wasn't uh, unique in that regard and but it's it's just you know when you see this and you get into the characters you you get into the action and you know that you know there could be some really great matches you just it's just you know you're regretful that there's nothing out there beyond beyond these clips like 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 we're able to buy the fire and, and the heat and the yeah hatred between these guys just from what we're seeing just imagine how mm-hmm. you know more renowned something like this could be if uh if, yeah. if this actually was something of at least like you said there haven't been many tag broadways no, Broadway no. i know um <clears throat> oh well <laughs> uh, yeah it's a shame um but yeah so that takes us at uh to the end of this episode so we'll take a quick break and we'll hear some words from our friends at pro wrestling only network and please be nation promotional consideration paid for by the following voice of ring of honors kevin kelly here i just want to make sure you're all subscribed to all of our great feeds here at place to be nation now it's really easy to do just head to itunes or your preferred podcatcher app today and search for and subscribe to the place to be nation wrestling feed place to be nation pop feed pro wrestling only feed and of course the kevin kelly show feed which includes the full archives of my podcast subscribe listen and then rate us and leave feedback today and of course as always enjoy all the great action of ring of honor wrestling and everything presented to you on place to be nation.com 
Leafs Nation's JT Rizzero here, and I want to let you know that we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and PlaySimulation.com, and we offer them to you across two great feeds. On the PlaySimulation Wrestling feed, you can check out Scott Criscolo and me on the Mothership, the place to be podcast with our famous vintage wall pay-per-view reviews. PTBN also covers current-day wrestling with the smash hit clotheslines and headlines our steady veteran main event, and the beloved monthly pay-per-view reaction shows with immediate feedback on all pro wrestling super shows. We live wrestling's past with our monthly pay-per-view rewind series led by Ben Morse, the always contentious Dangerous Alliance podcast, and Survey Says, a fun look back at the good, bad, and ugly of WCW. On our very popular PlayStation Nation Pop podcast feed, we offer such great shows as the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular, Rank and File, NBA Team, Lucha Undead, Geek and Sassy, and a veritable podcast heaven for comic fans with hard-traveling fanboys, Sellers Points, Todd Weber's Conversation, and Imaginary Stories. Subscribe to both of those feeds on iTunes and rate and leave feedback for us as well. All of these shows, plus others, available at PlayStation.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. Be sure to support our site by using PlayStation.com backslash Amazon when doing your online shopping, and download our free Place to Be Vintage Vault Refresh eBooks via the links on the right-hand side of our site. We also want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Rock, Rhode Island, and Fall River, Massachusetts, TheHistoryOfWrestling.com, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlayStation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. The PWO PTBN feed has changed its name. Now it will be known simply as Pro Wrestling Only, so it should be easier to find and indeed to say. All of your favorite shows are still here, including Where the Big Boys Play, Letters from Kayfabe, Titans of Wrestling, Tag Teams Back Again, This Week in Wrestling, and many, many more including our full archives of tremendous content. So make sure you subscribe to the Pro Wrestling Only feed today. Okay, so that brings us to uh, one week later, November 14th, 1987. Uh, Ed is away on assignment again, back with Davies. Uh, but he reminds us of the Iron Man match up front uh, right away here. Um, and this feud... Uh, he, I, I still can't say I, I like the guy, but he grew on me um, this episode. I think yeah, okay. yeah, Davies was fine here. Um, I was, yeah, I think I was a little harsh on him last time, but I mean, we want, we want Ed, of course. That's, that's the, the man we, we, you know, we love and who we grew up with. Yeah. Um, and so this was, uh, this aired on the 14th, but this was taped on the 13th friday the 13th yeah yeah yeah. which is an important point because it's jason the terrible's birthday that's right (laughs) (laughs) so uh first match uh uh, zodiac is johnny smith uh at this point we're at the 10 minute mark uh davies reminds us of the steel that he likes to put into his uh, mask Mm -hmm. um things open up after some extended chin locks a nice gut wrench from uh, johnny smith a uh, nice counter later from uh, our Johnny Smith. Uh, he does a counter that kind of, when he's on his back, that kicks Zodiac over the top rope. So he gets a red card from uh, yeah. uh, 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 Wayne Hart. So this is kind of a nothing match. Uh, to totally nothing. Just uh, <laughs> there you go. We can, we can always show you three minutes of that goddamn Iron Man, but you got to get in this, uh, this nonsense. Um, anyways, uh, cuts to bad company with uh, Jim Davies. Um, uh, uh, 
Oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah. So uh, I forgot to mention at the end of last, uh, Mucken sings at, at, the, at the when he was cutting that promo was kind of calling out, was kind of suggesting that um, Pillman uh, didn't have the stamina through that uh, Iron Man match. He was right. saying he's got to stop and like take some swings of Gatorade and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's not like football where you have timeouts. And I like that a lot. Yeah, he kept bringing up yeah. football. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, and. Um, Pillman is is cashing that receipt. You can tell this this kind of struck a nerve. Uh, like maybe maybe it was enough. Um, but he was pissed off that he was calling off his conditioning. Um, and so he said, uh, <laughs> he says he said he must have drank. Uh, I'm, I may be drinking Gatorade, but Muck and Singh drank from a bac- bacteria filled trough in the back. Yeah, yeah. it like. Like trying to just like make sure we understand how gross this thing is that he drinks out of. He's trying to put over uh and then he basically calls Jerry Morrow an alcoholic. He's like, You're the guy doing these uh twenty ounce curls. Like <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well he is the champagne man. Yeah, exactly. Nothing uh, it's a great promo. Uh and uh and uh and a great finish, uh with uh, Bruce added, like Bruce didn't have to say much, but he adds a little shout out to Montana. He wants to remind everybody in Montana. So that was that. That was a key. That was a bullet point in, in throughout this feud was to keep bringing up Montana. Um, like just, I, I mean, obviously, just because it was a a stop on the rotation, mm-hmm. uh, and Bruce was from there, so they were able to give some, um, you know. Uh, a little more to that, but yeah. do you, like, do you think the possibility was it that, like they probably had some, um, you know, kind of house show type matches in the Montana towns more than they did in the other ones? Because none of the other uh, promos are, are mentioning Montana at all. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think yeah, the Montana shows probably got the best matches. Like as uh, you know, as the the, as good as what Calgary mm-hmm. would have had. Uh, I, you know, as a kid, I mean, this is a detail, I guess, as a kid, you would never notice, but I, 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 I don't recall them, you know, hyping Montana so as much. much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we've seen a little excessive. Yeah. Even in the seventies footage, you know, there was the yeah. hype of Montana too. I don't recall that at all, but no, it was, well, it was where, you know, Stu first started promoting. It was, uh, you know, he had a soft spot. From Montana, and it was, I guess, important to, important to have that one, even though it's just Montana. It was still a, it was yep. still part of the states. Yeah, yeah. yeah so important to have that one um, market for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like I said, uh, it was a great promo uh, from uh, um, Pillman there. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Pillman is so good. Like he's already like fully formed as a yeah. as a star wrestler I, yeah. i'm really amazed at you know how he's not you know he'd only started a year before this and he's not green in the slightest bit it's it's, yeah. it's really amazing how how uh he quick he took to pro wrestling yeah yeah no no he was incredibly comfortable you're right mm-hmm. um, so we cut to uh a, a bad news promo. he's got spray paint he calls uh davies a little chipmunk Call and then like it seems like he's gone phobial at this point. He's talking about the beer belly sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
should be uh should be so he's, I can't remember who he's saying but uh, who's talking about it's probably Kirk Kirshner because he was going after a couple guys again. Yeah. Like, he should be out playing jacks with his little girl. No, that was Owen who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he calls uh Kirshner uh, G.I. Josephine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says he's gonna spray uh yellow paint uh down his back. Another great promo, even though, uh, uh, oh, you could tell uh, Bad News was losing his uh, voice. And at the end, he says, he does say, you will, you really feel what black power feels like. So, like, this is way. But yeah, it looked like, speaking of, well, uh, we're saying uh, Jerry Morrow had different tuxedos every time we saw him. Uh, it, uh, Bad News is in the same suit he wore last week. <laughs> so, I don't know yeah. what that. <laughs> I only brought one suit with me. One, yeah, yeah. You know, have, have, I, have, I, have I done the full turn yet, Stu? <laughs> let me know. Let me know. Um, so it leads us to our next match with Strangler Steve versus Mr. Hito. Uh, begins with Hito and this and that has uh, Strangler down in a dominant position, asking if he should deliver uh, the kicks to Steve the Salvo's balls, and he does. Hits two of them. Um, the salvo apparently hadn't entered the ring because of the Tinkerbell chance yet, so he was like, "Yeah, he was over as a as a heel here for sure." Yeah, he um, was. Yeah, um, and the salvo had no cells, a pile driver. Remember this? He got mm-hmm. right up from it. Yeah. Hit some kicks, but Hito fights back into a half crab. Uh, still looking great. Uh, uh, stiff elbow from um, the salvo and a really kind of sloppy. Almost a body slam. Do you remember this? He just he, he pressed uh, him. He, he tried to press slam him and he botched it. He just dropped yeah. him. <laughs> and it turned into a bear hug, which leads to a backbreaker submission. Um, uh, who else did submissions that way? That's not quite what Luger would do. That backbreaker, where he's not putting over the two shoulders, just over the one shoulder. Can you think yeah. of who else? Uh, well, Jesse Ventura was noted yeah. for it, um, and of course Bruno Sammartino back in the '60s. That was mm-hmm. his trademark. Yeah. Submission move, but there's no like, footage of him doing that, just like mm. still photos. But um, mm. uh, I always like that style of backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks really good. Looks like it potentially could be painful, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a good visual submission move. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Hito, this is the last we'll see of Hito for sure. Um, but um, it was. Uh, Definitely a guy clearly was a team player. And I like, did he ever um, move up the card in any significant way, do you think? Uh, no, at this point, he was basically in his like um, Dominic DiNucci early 1980s stage of his career. I mean, he his career earlier, he was, you know, a tag team champion and was an important part of the territory now mm-hmm. he's, he's just you know he's a jobber to the stars basically right. he's there mm-hmm. to make the make the new guys like to look uh, look like a million bucks mm-hmm. um yeah so from there it cuts to uh owen in the ring with davies says he's uh like uh, another a stretched hamstring he's like best i just uh best i just rest and avoid injury and uh, enter carrie brown mm-hmm. um he says, I'm not a chicken, not, or, or Owen says, I'm not a chicken champion. Um, Kerry Brown says, if I have to prove, um, oh yeah, cause I can't fight him yet. He's like, he wants to fight him. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this was a good line. If I, like, if I have to prove myself, 
with these uh, bumps here, it's, you know, it's on your head that the, the, or it's your head these injuries will be on kind of thing. So that was kind of a nice kind of, like, uh, surprisingly, uh, you know, a nasty threat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Brown, um, what, do you t- what can you tell me about him? Uh, I didn't uh, do any research. I mean, Brown is a guy that I remember a lot from. Me too. Uh, yeah, he's. Yeah, him and Duke Myers were the Masters of Disaster um, as a tag team for a long time mm-hmm. um, I, uh, and held the belts. And Brown was there, you know, for um, that whole period uh, in the late 80s. And he was pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, good, just a really good heel because he looks, he has a total heel look yeah. where you just want to smack him. You know, you could, he's a bully type and... Um, yeah, he was a pretty good performer. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm, it's a shame. I don't know too much more about him. I should have, uh, looked into him a bit more cause he doesn't wrestle. So I, I guess I kind of just forgot to look him up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he does, he, he is around uh, a lot for the, like I started to look into some of the, uh, 88, 90, uh, nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's there to the bitter end, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, like I said, with him and Duke Myers, that's what I remember the most is their tag team, um, in like 86, early 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, from there, we cut to Jim Davies with Karachi Vice. And here we, this is where I really noticed Abdul Wiesau with them, but not in his, like, uh, like full on, um. Oh, yeah. no. No. I, I'm, like we said, he probably just started, you know. Yeah that month basically so yeah i hadn't developed the full gimmick yet mm-hmm. um i can talk some more um uh, trash uh uh moro uh in another new tux it says uh today is friday the 13th uh bad luck for some people um and he calls uh them the, the two little blonde obos the uh reference to bad company uh and uh then uh what's his name uh, Mucken says, yeah. uh, you three, uh, you three bad company, you with, uh, Pillman and Hart, you three remind me of three bottles of Hunt's ketchup. Uh, <laughs> thick, thick and slow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good kind of wrap up there on the way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Brown is back, uh, again already. Um, and he's, he's taken issue with a, a newsletter of some sort. What was this? Do you remember this? No, I don't. I don't know. What I don't know. It's like so maybe it was a ranking or something. Uh, anyway, it just kind of quickly reminds us that he wants Owen. He's like, dude, we just saw you. You could have. You could have just said this. Um, so next match uh, is uh, Phil Lafleur and Hashif Khan, or no, pardon me, Phil Lafleur and Corporal Kirshner mm-hmm. versus Hashif Khan, Khan and Viet Cong uh, number two. Hashif Khan. Uh, who's this guy? Well, he's a very uh he would be a very big and important name in 1990s uh, New Japan, uh Shinya Hashimoto. Wow, that's what I thought. I yeah. thought I knew this guy. but like watching him go, oh my god. Uh, yeah. It, it's crazy cuz we have um Hase and Hashimoto and then earlier in the year Jushin Liger was in Calgary. Mm-hmm. That I I don't remember him. But he was uh, Yamada was his yeah, last yeah. name. I forget. Keiichi Yamada. Yamada. Do you remember the, him? I, uh, I, I I saw them. I looked back and found one match. I probably could 
find some more. I can't remember them from when I was younger. Yeah, all. yeah, because I remember Hase totally. Like yeah. Hase really stood out to me, but I don't remember uh, uh, Yamada. I don't remember Liger. But that's cool that in one year they had like the three Unreal. biggest stars of 1990s New Japan, basically. Japan, yeah. in Crazy. Um, yeah, I, I knew that. Like, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've probably seen one or two uh, Hashimoto matches, but um, I I didn't make the connection, but I knew that this was somebody who could, who could go from the, uh, oh, just yeah. from what we saw here. Um, um, uh, Viet Cong 2 at the Boston Crab on um, uh, who Phil Fleur, and that is right, I saw some awesome execution from, uh, I want to say Hashimoto now, uh, Hashikon, uh, stiff-looking clothesline, um, and he, and he hit something with Viet Cong too, with what this one, uh, Jim Davies calls it a karate kick. Uh, so it was a, uh, not function of the junction without Eddie being there to say so. But, um, uh, Kirshner's, um, uh, he came in for House of Fire, which wasn't very good. And it was a weird pile driver. Like he almost leaned back too much. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of sloppy. Um, yeah. But Phil Fleur takes over with some really nice work and uh, pins uh, Viet Cong number two. Um, but yeah, that's really cool about uh, Hash. Like he's obviously a, a standout in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I know. Okay. These guys were just on the cusp, right? Because when they would come back from Calgary, they'd be pushed big time mm-hmm. um, yeah. for the first time. So this was like their last little excursion before they were. Um, uh, made big stars in Japan, and uh, Kirshner is now officially Colonel. That's right. Kirshner. That's right. That's right. About we hear this in the post. Damn time that he figured out that <laughs> corporal is not a very high rank. <laughs> Someone must have um, told him finally in Calgary. It's like, Jesus, yeah. why are you Corporal Kirshner? <laughs> Colonel Kirshner. Yeah. It's, um, it's right there. <laughs> Uh, so it got the uh, post match. Uh, Colonel uh, brings up um, uh, somebody from last week. Uh, oh, is is posing? Uh, are we talking about DeSalvo and his posing? Yeah. Uh, and, oh no, this is fellow Fleur saying uh, his posing was respond. I only did this because he still like he still wants to remind people that you're not posing to be conceited. But these are because of letters from the fans that I had to do it. Uh, it had some good, like I thought Philip Flair was showing some good eighties, uh, face promo here, but uh, there was just some interruptions from, uh, Christian. This is when I really thought he was like, uh, this is when I clued into me that, yeah, he's clearly a cokehead because he, he just looked like a mess at the end of this. Like this <laughs> last one. Like this was, this was it. Like I'm glad, like there's certain guys who are, who are sad. We're not going to get to see again, but Kirshner, if I see him wrestle again, I'll be too soon. Yeah, no, and his future would be riddled with all kinds yeah. of craziness and, and problems, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry I spoke so little of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sure, he's got a beard now. It, it, it yeah. seems like he's, yeah, he's, you know, it's it's like a mix between shoot and, and kayfabe almost with him, where his life is like slowly unraveling before our very eyes, and it's reflective... <laughs> Reflected in his character at the same time. You're right. Time. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So we got to the salvo with uh, uh, Davies. He has a great line here where he says, 
Doesn't he attack me from behind? He said he attacked me behind talking about Lafleur. He says just like all you Canadians because you guys were responsible for Pearl Harbor. (laughs) 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 He's an asshole. Uh, uh, But like he's he knows. He's like I can just go out there and be an asshole. I just don't think he has any real kind of direction sometimes going out there when he's doing this. Yeah, I think he's just being himself. Uh, I think so, too. Um, And, you know, like in in small doses, you know, maybe in a smaller kind of territory or something like this, I can sure I can see it working, but uh, Hmm. there's no longevity there. There's no um, extra dimensions to it. You know what I mean? Well, he's yeah, it seems like if he ever, you know, lost, then what would he do? Like, he's a guy that always would have to be kept strong just based mm-hmm. on like his appearance and his gimmick like he's yeah he's just a one trick pony he doesn't have anything so yeah i think he's just yeah he's very limited as a character mm-hmm. um so phil flourish uh, uh turns up again and confronts him um i says he needs a contract oh that's all he's just telling him to like basically sign the dog line and Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill never like says anything, um, but leads uh, a Tinkerbell chant from the crowd. Um, so here it goes. Uh, this is it. What it's all been building up to. What I can remember as uh, yeah. Uh, we should mention that with uh, I remember the end of this uh, coinciding with the Strike Force winning the belts um, on Maple Leaf Wrestling right after this against uh, the Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what we've looked at, it looks like it should, in terms of taping and when they might have shown it, it looks like it should check out. That's the way I remember it. Right. I think um, it, it happened a week before the Strike Force yeah. win. Yeah. Um, the so, but very close, right? Like when you yeah. have a memory, it's thirty years later. You're gonna remember it, like right. it happened on the same day. But it was, yeah, I, it was a week. Uh, apart basically. all right i'll believe you on that according to the records anyway. okay okay um but it's here it is it's finally here it is the next match no time limit for the international tag titles muck and sing and jerry morrow versus bruce hart and brian pellman uh, we're just passing the 20 minute mark crowd is hot of course and owen is on commentary which is uh mm-hmm. deserves being mentioned mm-hmm. um because of what will happen later um uh, the bad, I didn't want to mention the bad companies back in that championship silver gear that they had worn a while back. Right. Uh, uh, Jerry Morrow doing some nice uh, kind of subtle heel work, just kind of looking at the crowd and stuff after mm-hmm. um, thing after in between moves and stuff. Um, he misses, but but clips Brian Pillman enough on the flying head, but that looked like a bit of a botch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, but it was fine. It didn't matter. Um. um so uh, there's a nice neck breaker later. Uh, a lot of uh, yeah, Jerry Morrow <laughs> they did that neck breaker twice in this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, once at the outside, a lot of Brian Pillman uh, facing peril here early. Um, he rolls out of uh, Muck and Sing leg drop, um, and then into Bruce Hart uh, House of Fire, which I think was better than uh, some of the other ones we had seen earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Jerry Morrow pulls the top rope down in the middle of this, and, and Bruce uh, falls out. And hit, that's where he hits that other neck breaker on the outside. Crowd's really uh, on fire for this. Owen starts to get involved, and here's where things get a little confusing. But Bruce 
had like snuck under the ring and emerges from the other side of the ring and hits his trademark running clothesline on Muck and Sig by surprise for the one, two, three, and the place goes absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. All, all the baby faces come down with champagne. Yeah. Like it's like, um, I think when you were talking earlier about how this was like, like two close teams, uh, uh, kind of fighting it out and finally winning a match, mm-hmm. this, uh, I think this this feud happened because the Calgary Flames were able to beat the Edmonton Oilers in '86, right. right? Like, mm-hmm. and finally they uh, they, they looked uh, like closer when when they were always so far apart. And because this had the feeling of that. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good. Yeah, that's a good point. I think they were playing on that because, and they even mentioned uh, Pillman and. Uh, Heart that they were training with the Stampeders, mm-hmm. and then the Stampeders were actually um, slated to play the Eskimos that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, wow. unfortunately, Calgary would lose as they yeah. were wont to do um, back then. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, they were totally capitalizing on the spirit of, of mm-hmm. Alberta of Calgary at the time, mm-hmm. big time rivalry. And yeah, yeah, that's it's cool. I mean, Brett yeah. or Bruce was always, you know, had his finger on the pulse kind of deal, and and liked to take things from uh, what was going on in pop culture, like we talked about before. So mm-hmm. this and was this another, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is literally just like seeing like the a spirit of a city when it when it what it was like to actually win these big games. Like we never, yeah, what before this this that kind of feeling was was fresh to Calgarians at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, like I, it's weird. Like I just kind of made that connection when you talked about that earlier, but I'm, I'm quite certain that's what uh, what they were going for, or, or at least what they yeah. were tapping into. And this is just before the Olympics were coming up. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're totally right. Um, the finish was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the going under the ring, like they timed it so well. Cause when I was watching this a couple of days ago, I I'd forgotten what the finish was and mm-hmm. it looked like uh, Bruce was going to get counted out and they were going to lose the titles by count out. Cause right. I guess, you know, if they'd have won yeah. by count out, they would have won uh, the belts, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so the crowd, most of them, I don't think real realized what was going on. Um, you know, if you, the only thing that is may bug you is that Bruce basically no sold getting um, a neck breaker on the neck breaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is it, kind of a devastating move. Like any move being done on the cement floor. On the cement, like, yeah, yeah, stretch yeah. your job time. Yeah. Right. But he basically no sold it, but whatever it, it was great. Cause when he came out the other side, the crowd like just goes nuts. Yeah. Like you said, hit him with the clothesline. The pop. It was, it was extended cheers. It's not like, yeah, it was. Like they, were still, they were still going nuts for them when everybody had come down to champagne. And, oh uh, yeah. What a said like an in-ring celebration with champagne. Yeah. And it's so yeah, like, perfect because of course it's champagne jerry morrow and then they're taking his gimmick and celebrating yeah. like what a little nice little piece of storytelling right there yeah. and big time big great, time great detail yeah no this this was a, a great moment at the end and, and then uh owen gets in the ring to celebrate and and morrow gets in, morrow comes in just a little bit more yeah, that's she, awesome she shot on owen and then scary scurries out of the ring and it, but but it seems like like they like their feud 
was to come, it looked like, or it looked like uh, he was calling out Owen uh, later yeah. on. Oh, yeah, totally. I think that was the next. Yeah. Well, it seemed like Owen had, like, ten different guys <laughs> gunning for him. Yeah. Which is, he's the champ. You know, he's got yeah. everybody. But, yeah, he had a, a – there was a lineup uh, yeah. of heels ready to take on Owen Hart. But I love that last one, last little bit from the champagne. And he tries to hit me, just like, what the fuck am I doing? i got to get out of here. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, yeah, there was just a bunch of baby faces around. <laughs> He was severely outmanned. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah no, no, that was a great touch too. And yeah, yeah this so this was a great moment. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was talking about. And like, yeah, like you can like it's pretty clear to see that this was like kind of why this would be kind of a kind of light bulb kind of thing for somebody, a young uh, young kid kind of thing. If you had followed mm-hmm. this, you you know. Um, Oh, I remembered it too. As soon as the, he did the under the ring thing, I totally yeah. then. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. watching the whole uh, finish. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just a great piece of business. Uh, so it cuts to Jim Davies with uh, Muck and Singh. Um, uh, and Muck and Singh's got his uh, another great touch. He's got his uh, Bruins jersey wrapped around his throat because he's mm-hmm. like. Because he's once really wants, to, he's like I can barely talk. He's like I don't want to say anything. He, he really put over uh, Bruce's clothesline that that put him out. Um, both these guys are really pissed. Um, uh, Jerry's just uh, uh, I'm in a bad mood, and he cuts this like this great promo in French. In French, French, but like the look in his eyes, just amazing passion that you, I had not seen from Jerry Morrow anything else yeah. if you hadn't noticed like I, I recommend going back and watching just look at how like he's hitting some real places here <laughs> he's sorting some shit out mm-hmm. um uh just great and then we cut to the celebratory promo from bad company a real sense of celebration it's great stuff not much need to say about that yep like uh, a locker locker room celebration moment basically <clears throat> yeah yeah um, Ed, uh, and then we cut to the break and Ed starts to talk about the matches coming uh, next week. And you can really see the new angles developing just from what he's talking about before, mm-hmm. before uh, even before we see this finish here, which is the next match, which uh, we're told is like part of the double main event, uh, which is Hirohashi versus uh, Jason the Terrible and no disqualification. Uh, this, is, this is a really interesting bit of booking to, to go from that to, to this. Hey, yeah, uh, I know. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a cake thrown in Hashi's face that I guess we hadn't seen. I don't know what they were. What was the cake for? It, it was Jason's birthday cake. That's right. Of course. Of course. And there's a whole bunch of heels in the ring. They, he, there was basically like a birthday party for Jason before the match. <laughs> but we only saw the, the very end of it. Yeah. I just saw like, like some crumbs in the, in Hashi's corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, Jason looked like a monster early. Uh, he's clipped right away to the 10 minute mark. Um, and Hossie's just getting destroyed at this point. Mm-hmm. You wonder if this was just an extended uh, beat down. Yeah, I think it was. He's already busted open. Yeah. yeah. And Jason picks him up before the three count uh, after he did his flying headbutt and then hit it three more times, four times in total. Hossie's cut open, just like, damn, they beat down. Finally, he gets the pin after the fourth one. Um, so there's some schmoes come in and, and they're just tossed. Uh, bad, oh, I should mention bad news. Yeah, before. bad news is on commentary and he's claiming it's fans running into the ring, yeah. but it, it's obviously um yeah, wrestlers, it's, uh, yeah. jobbers. Who is this geek? 
<laughs> it's out of control. They're just running in from the crowd now. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bad company finally comes down to scare them off. Uh, they're checking on Hoshi's getting taken off on the stretcher. Uh, and loving Pillman's commitment to go to this uh, level here uh, after he'd already been like going crazy. It's like it's a sad day for professional sports. Uh, everybody out there, say a few prayers. <laughs> like. Like wild, right? Like he's like, and and he's just as believable. Um, you know, uh, he's he's at least like yeah, I say, yeah, he's yeah. committed, just as committed to to having hit these like emotional highs, and like this guy who's like really concerned about his friend here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that's why they had to have this match last. Yeah, because of the uh, bad company getting involved at the end and Pillman cutting the the impassioned. Uh, plead up for prayers for Hirohase who is clearly you know on his you know on death's door <laughs> after this they really saw yeah. us yeah. and I can remember this too like I vividly remember this as, as a very something you wouldn't see in the WWF like yeah. you know you had I remember really, the beatdown I don't remember it being attached to this day um no I guess not but I do totally remember like how I felt you know, Ricky Steamboat getting hurt by Savage with the ring bell, that was pretty frightening as a yeah. kid. But this this was on another level. This was yeah. just it was crazy. Yeah, um, and this was it for Hossie, right? Yeah, this, this was this was his last match in Calgary, oh. perhaps even his last match in North America. I'm not <laughs> certain. He would go back to New Japan, of course, and win the uh junior heavyweight title in his first match back, I believe. So yeah. he was he was the rocket was strapped to him. He was going places. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going but to yeah, this was, yeah, this was it. They wrote him out. He, you know, he never came back as wow. far as fans in Calgary knew. Hase maybe died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it's quite possible. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say, like I talked about Davies being like uh, quite a bit better here. He had a really great and believable serious face at the end of this. Like mm-hmm. kind of sort of like the kind of showing that kind of kayfabe break we get. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I put it in quotes uh, from like you know that we'd see in the Attitude Era. Right, later. and, and this is a hallmark of Bruce Hart booking, uh, similar to the angle with Archie, the Stomper, and Bad <laughs> News in '83. Right, <laughs> sure. You know, it didn't lead to a riot uh, in the crowd, but the mm-hmm. heat. You know, they they were doing something that was very heated and could have had a pretty um crazy consequences from it because the yeah. crowd was really into it they're, they're yeah. all standing up there's like a hushed yeah know, mood to the crowd and it's, yeah it's being handled very seriously and taken very seriously yeah just a, a, a weird kind of yeah like i said beautifully books uh kind of like these last two matches here just to have that right one right after the other um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, fans emotions and, oh yeah yeah you're taken to the top with bad company winning and then you're right down to the bottom mm-hmm. immediately afterwards mm-hmm. Wild. And, and that's that's pro wrestling right there that's big time big uh, time that's what i was like this is uh as some of this some of the, like even that uh like it's something as simple as the uh, uh one of those early zodiac matches i'm like uh yeah these guys are working on just a solid pro wrestling match man this could be uh Anywhere in the world at this time, this would fit in on um, any kind of card, you know? Right. But uh, this is old-time pro wrestling. This is 
you know, appealing to your emotions. Like yeah. uh, Pete, uh, it was when we were talking about the last Battle of Atlanta a few months ago, mm-hmm. where, you know, the difference between today and, and then is that today you're playing for this is awesome chance. Mm-hmm. Back then you were playing for emotions. You were playing mm-hmm. to really make people believe in you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not and not about applauding uh, great moves and stuff like that. Sure. And yeah. I think that you know, for me, that's the biggest thing that's been lost to pro wrestling in the last thirty years or however long, twenty years, is you've lost that. I mean, it's still there. You can still have the great emotional attachment, and, and you know, but the 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 stories are just. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You just. I don't know if you can have these kind of moments. Uh, or the WWE at least doesn't book these kind of moments mm-hmm. really as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sad. Yeah. yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's true. Um, anyways, Davies, uh, uh, cuts to one more thing with the Zodiac. This one, uh, J- uh, Jason and the Zodiac, more of a white, white noise aesthetic this time. They do <laughs> hint at, uh, more of an attack on Aussie, but, uh, like you said, this was it for him. So that yeah. was that. Um, yeah. Um, uh, some good stuff. Some, uh, like uh, like I said, sometimes when you go back and uh, revisit stuff you loved as a kid, like, man, have you ever watched an, an 18 episode? Oh, yeah, they're impossible to watch. Or <laughs> MacGyver. MacGyver's another one. Yeah, so I don't think. No, like, you, uh, you can't Dukes watch it. Dukes of Hazard. Oh, God. Yeah, like the comedies <laughs> from back then are fine, it, but the, the serious shows are just mm-hmm. brutal to watch. Yeah, brutal. yeah. <laughs> uh, but but like I said, like uh, this uh, exceeded uh, in a ways a lot of my uh, you know uh, memories that I had for this. Um, this was uh, really cool to go back and watch it. Oh, big time! Uh, I mean, yeah. I've loved it. I've you know I've been kind of putting off exploring Stampede for years, and now mm-hmm. we did this, and it's great. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm seeing stuff I hadn't seen in years, and all the memories and and sure. yeah and hey it's not totally shit no, <laughs> that's the yeah. best part it's yeah, exactly well said yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at times at times at times excellent dare i say excellent oh yeah for sure <clears throat> um great uh so we were just talking we think we're gonna have one more show after this uh take a look at the reunion as well as some of like the pre-sampede history in calgary right kelly yeah, well, um, for as far as matches go, we'll look at um, there was a reunion show. Uh, well, it was basically um, it was based around Stu Hart's uh, 80th birthday in yeah. 1995, and they held a show at the Corral where they brought in talent from the WWF like Bret Hart, Davy Boy Smith, uh, Owen, Razor Ramon, but they also brought in guys from WCW. That had ties to Stampede, like Pillman and Chris Benoit. Um, you have a Bad Company reunion. You have the Funk Brothers. Um, and yeah, it's uh, I've never watched these matches. I've, I've you know I've known they were out there, but yeah, uh, we'll look at that. And then I want to look at the uh, early history of wrestling in Calgary. Um, something that um, I did research on this months ago, but never really found the right place to squeeze it in. But I think it's interesting. Like this is the pre-Stu Hart wrestling of uh, our wow. history of wrestling in Calgary. Cool. There's some interesting stories. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just, you know, 
have our you know talk about our conclusions about stampede wrestling and wrap yeah. things up yeah and, and yeah maybe throw in some other odds and ends here who knows yeah 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 we shall see cool mm-hmm. uh awesome yeah good times uh what do you have uh in the coming up down the pipe uh well, we just had a Titans show come out a couple of days ago where um, mm-hmm. the promos, crew, yeah, the promos whole, in the 70s. whole crew got together to talk about 70s promos, and that was fun. So that's out there. Yeah. Check it out. Basically a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you'll follow that up. You said you guys would go probably get close to coming up to modern day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, to, to draw the curtain back a bit, the plan that evening was to do – the 70s all the way up to present day. Yeah, you one. got the idea at the beginning. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, we we didn't change that uh, opener. Mm-hmm. Um, but foolishly, of course, that was impossible. So yeah. we got yeah. we got yeah. the 70s, and yeah, we'll do the 80s eventually. I'm not sure how soon, but uh, we'll do the 80s for sure. Whatever. Take your time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. It's uh, yeah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, yep. Yeah. Still find me at Lucha Aftergrounds. Um, we're losing. Uh, <laughs> we're not losing. I, our listenership has kind of stayed similar, but uh, you've heard Lucha uh, Underground is not uh, getting the uh, uh, ratings that it got before. And uh, right. uh, yeah, your fellow Titan has, has dropped it from the rotation on this week in wrestling. So well, it's like any wrestling promotion. You have your peaks and valleys, ups sure. and downs, and. Sure. You know, it's yeah. You're going through a rough patch now, but I'm sure there's there's good times ahead. Maybe, or maybe like Max and I think it's quite possible it could just kind of go out with a fizzle and like this is a show that just kind of screams kind of something that could possibly gain a cult following uh, a lot later. You know what I mean? Well, it's a. I mean, I think there's a pretty sizable cult following right now. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, still doing that. Still. uh Still staying devoted to like what what to what is like a really good weekly uh uh, uh TV uh, weekly wrestling show not not dissimilar entirely from what we were watching um uh, with Stampede in terms of how it's it's best uh, you can't just kind of watch the matches in a vacuum kind of thing too it's it's good to you know absorb the whole forty five minutes minus mm-hmm. commercials oh that's the best way to watch wrestling I am. Come to that conclusion for sure yeah. that you, you you should watch everything around it. Like if you're gonna watch Japan in the 80s or 90s, you know, try and watch as much of the whole <laughs> show as you can instead mm-hmm. of just taking the 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 biggest yeah. matches out of there, right? Yeah, it's tough, right? Like like in my case, I like to see like like that's uh, yeah, that was a big thing. What I did with uh, you know that well reported, uh, you know, everybody's famous 90s all japan footage i just tried to uh mm-hmm. a, uh you know uh, all the key moments and like significant matches and try to try to move along chronologically mm-hmm. um but like you know sometimes they'll just be at that and like i want to watch just something just think of something on you you got to pick something random right it's harder to uh it's harder to kind of you know devote yourself to one thing but but yeah it is uh, i i i know what you mean man it's the best way to really fully understand uh Everything that that is built up to mm-hmm. what these ma- like matches that get remembered are not remembered just for that moment. They're remembered for uh, everything that builds up to it too. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Uh, anything else going on? No, that's all. All right. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another edition of Stampede Wrestling. Bye now. Mm-hmm.
Sometimes it's heaven, sometimes it's hell, sometimes I don't even know. Sometimes I take it as far as I can, sometimes I don't even go. My front tracks are heading for a cold water well, my back tracks are covered with snow. Sometimes it's heaven. Sometimes it's hell, sometimes I don't even know. Heaven ain't walking a street paved with gold. Hell ain't a mountain of fire. Heaven is laying in my sweet baby's arms. Hell is when baby ain't there. My front tracks are heading for a cold water well. My back tracks are covered with snow. Sometimes it's heaven, sometimes it's hell. Sometimes I don't even know. Sometimes heaven, sometimes hell, sometimes I don't even know. 